0: Hello and welcome to Jumpstar Weekly, the weekly manga podcast where every week we read all of the chapters on Visits Shonen Jump website, as well as another collected volume of manga. I'm your host, Jeremy. And I'm your host, Kevin. And this week we read Volume 2 of Berserk by Grim Joker's request on our Discord. Yep. It's been like three years since we read Berserk, and by that I mean I think two, because I think we've only been doing this podcast for three years. But, yeah, it's been a long time. That's what I realized when I started reading it. Yeah. But we will get to that later. First, we have a nearly full Shonen Jump this week. So we will get started with One Piece Chapter 991, Let Us Die. What did you think of One Piece this week, Kevin?
1: I did really like One Piece this week. It's just kind of that, hey, here's like little snippets of what's going on with all the straw hats and also the, the red scabbards fighting Kaido. So we get like little... Bits of things going on, but I definitely love the bit with Drake being like, you know, Luffy, let's team up and all of the rest of the straw hats are like, no, that is a horrible plan. And Luffy's like, yeah, sure, whatever.
0: (laughs) My favorite bit is when Zoro continually keeps telling him like, yeah, I can't trust you. I don't know. What you're talking about, you seem just like a traitor to me since you're with Kaido, and now you want to be with us. And then Oppo shows up and does his thing, and Drake's like, I want to take that guy out. But not for you guys, for my own reasons. Zoro's like, I like the way you think we should team up.
1: <laughs> yes, I, I definitely did like that. I'm, I'm not doing that for you. I'm doing that for me. Excellent. I can get behind that reasoning. Let's go.
0: Uh huh. Also, they're very much pairing off now with Frankie leading one of the guys away. Yep. Usopp hiding behind Nami and... Getting someone to chase him—that
1: was a great scene. It's the the dinosaur twins are chasing Luffy and Nami, er, not Luffy and Nami, Nami Jumper. and Nami and Usopp. Yeah, because what, I what definitely—I I thought yeah. I
0: said Usopp and Nami.
1: You did. I I kept trying to say Luffy and was like, no, that's not right. <laughs> but. I love the panel of, so it's Usopp <laughs> hiding behind Nami, but the panel is just Nami with the speech bubbles coming around her that Usopp's giving her, and she's like, hey, stop using <laughs> me. Stop hiding behind me. It's pretty good. Also, Queen has a minigun, apparently. Yes. With some kind of special bullets.
0: Well, you say it's a weird weapon, so it might be stone bullets. That wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, it's but- just
1: Drake says, because like Drake is like, oh, that wouldn't be able to do anything to me unless... Unless the bullets are. So, like, some kind of special bullet. We don't know. But I could see seastone bullets.
0: dinosaur piercing rounds. <laughs> I
1: could see maybe fight. they did something with the smile fruit into the gun somehow. I I don't know. But something about the bullets is weird, apparently.
0: Yeah. Anything else you wanted to mention about the chapter? Pretty good, but pretty much just one piece.
1: Yeah. I, like I said, I still really liked it. And I actually did really like the ending where Kaido shoots this giant fiery breath attack and all Kinamon the sa- cuts it in two. Yeah, Kinemon cuts it in two cuz all the samurai are like we are done running. We are going to die as Odin's servants right after we kill you. Yeah. And so Kinemon cutting the the curtain of fire in half is just really cool where he was like, you know, I was scared before but I'm not now.
0: All right. That brings us to Our Blood Oath chapter 3, Overflowing Love. And Our Blood Oath just continues to be incredibly there. <laughs> yes, that is exactly how I feel about it. It's like sure, some drawings on a page with some words on them. Mm-hmm. I,
1: apparently, none of the other characters besides the brothers have stuck around since the first two chapters, which feels a little weird because normally you introduce somebody in the first chapter and then like they like the girl or whoever tends to stick around a little bit, but they're just nope.
0: Yeah, I could see this character maybe sticking around.
1: Uh, we'll maybe see. this one can, but yeah, I just meant yeah, like uh, it feels like this is where we're finally starting an arc, but only the two brothers have stuck around and that is super
0: common in shonen but one thing i noticed about berserk is it's really only got the two characters right yeah of puck and guts and again that's a statement it's entirely different and it's you know 30 years old at this point
1: yeah it also starts to add some more characters later on down the road but that's a lot of like backstory stuff yeah where they start coming in but definitely at the very beginning it's like yeah it's Puck and Guts go on the random monster hunt of the week. Month or whatever. Month.
0: Yeah. I mean, it was kind of a cute chapter, but it didn't literally leave me feeling anything. Yeah. So. If that's all we have to say about that, next we have My Hero Academia number 285, Katsuki Bakugo Rising. What did you think of this chapter, Kevin?
1: I really like this chapter of... I was about to call it one for all. <laughs> <laughs> one for all. <laughs> My Hero. I, it... it it's close, but I really loved, it starts off with reminding us that the doctor told Deku that if you use your arms, may, like you know, you need to stop using them. You maybe can get two or three more uses out of them, but if you keep doing this, eventually you're not going to have the ability to move your arms.
0: And that ties in really well to last week's chapter where they were talking about how Deku never thinks about himself. Yeah. It's also an incredibly good red herring to make you super worried about Deku in this yep. chapter. Who is not, who takes the bullet? Yes. If you couldn't guess from the title. Well, um,
1: sort of bullet. Like he gets stabbed. It's a metaphorical bullet. Yeah, well, he gets stabbed, but it's the power drain things that he that Katsuki gets stabbed with.
0: Is that how you read it? I just read yes. it as like some sort of tendril quirk.
1: No, I read it as that it's the power drain thing because we've seen it when One for All drained search or whatever. He D- shoots out those he, tendrils. Okay. That's what they look like to me. It could be some weird tendril quirk, but I thought it was, all right, fine, I'll just steal it, and Bakugo saves him from it.
0: Yeah, I don't remember that. I can believe that, but Mm -hmm. I don't remember that. I also like that Bakugo comes up with this plan to burn him when he realizes that Deku's not at his limit, basically, and he can't in an endurance match with a person with a regeneration quirk. Yep. So he's like, okay, Todoroki, you just cool down your dad. Yeah. I'm going like, to do all the flying and Endeavor, you just burn the hell out of him.
1: Yeah. And in, Endeavor is kind of like, mm, fine. <laughs> yeah. And I love Rock Lock is like, but they're just kids, even though, well, no, I did kind of accept Midoriya as an actual hero. So, like, he has this kind of moment of, like, but they're just kids. Which is very rock lock. Yes. That's
0: this whole thing is that he doesn't
1: want to put these kids in dangerous. Yeah. Dangerous? In
0: danger? Because he has a kid? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And there is a odd bit of dialogue where, presumably, all for one is asking, I can't think of the villain's name now. Tomura. Tomura, to lend him his body. Yep. And then he's like, oh, I'll finally have. One for all.
1: Yeah, and so that's mm-hmm. what made me think it was All for One's stealing quirk tendril things, because they looked kind of the same, but he was like, lend me your body. And yeah. that's when he launched the attack. Like, Tomura doesn't know how to use All for One to steal quirks just yet, because he's brand new. So the actual All for One would.
0: Yeah. And Bakugou get down Mr. President's Deku, and that's the end of the chapter.
1: Yep. Which uh, is yeah. also where the title reveal was, which was cool.
0: Yes. That's a trick my hero likes to use a lot. Yes. Yeah, pretty good chapter. Mm-hmm. We will see what the fallout is next week, but that's been two really, really strong ones in a row for My Hero. Yep. Next, we have Dr. Stone. Z equals 167 different
1: strokes. So I was completely mistaken last week, thinking that Sukasa was on the ship.
0: Yeah, I-, I thought it was the base. I Yeah,
1: I-, I don't know where I was going, but yeah, he's at the They managed to sneak into the base and capture Zeno.
0: Yeah, with the tunnel plan. Yes. And Zeno's like, oh, that's a super good plan.
1: Yeah. He was like, what? I'd never heard my bodyguards shoot anything. How did they? (gasps) They must have tunneled.
0: He's like, ah, this must be a smart science man that Sankyu found around. Yep. (laughs) Tired of
1: building up Chrome a little bit. Yeah.
0: Other than that, it's them trying to escape through the tunnel with Dr. Zeno.
1: Yep. I still, I really liked all that bit, especially with Zeno being like, I'm going to rule the world with intelligence. Like, the old world was ruled by people with money, power, and influence who would kind of, like, puppet me to get the, me to do what they want. But in this world, I'm going to be the puppet master, and I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to do it for science.
0: Yeah, and he's like, you must have known people like that, too. And Chrome's like, yeah, strong people do suck, but I am loyal to science and don't care about control, because that's what Ten- Senku taught me. Yep.
1: Yeah. well, I really like where he was like, Yeah, I can understand their viewpoints, but that doesn't mean that they're wrong. Like, I can't get mad at somebody for what their hobbies are.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Anything else you wanted to say on Dr. Stone?
1: I really liked, not only did they dig a tunnel, they set up like a rail car method to quickly get Zeno out of the base, Mm -hmm. which was pretty cool. It ended up sort of not working because they had a bomb that was going to cause a cave-in so that they couldn't be followed. But unfortunately, another cave-in happened in front of them, so they got trapped in the middle, and then they had a... Zeno's soldiers and Taiju had a digging battle to get to them, and Chrome started digging in the direction, but Zeno's like, so which direction do you dig in? You know, do you dig back towards my base, or do you dig towards your friends?
0: Yeah. It's still a pretty good chapter, don't get me wrong. That will bring us to We Never Learn Question 175, Tomorrow Night's Pixie Part 7, the other very, very good chapter in Shonen Jump this week. Yep. Yeah, where do we want to start with this? I mean, it starts on the docks. There's no drama about the kids missing. They're just like, why are you out there in the danger, kids? Yep. So, even though we know he can't swim, Yu-Gi-Oh ties a rope around himself and goes out to get them.
1: Well, he also has a one of the life preserver floats yeah. thing. Because Konami's like, you can't swim, what are you going to do? He's like, they're my students, I have to save them. And then Konami gets one of the life preserver things too, and is like, I'm a doctor, I have to save them. So the both of them go out to get the kids. So while they're doing a dangerous thing, Yugi is like, hey, if we
0: get back and we don't die here, please let me at least tell you how I feel about you. Because my dad trusted your dad till the end, and I don't think your dad did anything wrong. Yeah,
1: he was like, my dad died smiling, so your dad made the right call. Like... It it wouldn't have worked out any better if your dad had done the surgery. It might have even ended up worse.
0: Yeah. So they manage to save the kids, but Yu-Gi-Oh! is pulled in. Konami's dad goes in to save him and gets hit with a dock. Yes. But manages to pull him out. And Yu-Gi-Oh! needs surgery, but Konami's dad's arm is broken. Yep. So Konami has to do the surgery, even though she doesn't trust her hand. It's super unsteady.
1: Yep. But she's like, you know, he's the one of the last things he said to me was... Hey, if I go down, I'm I'll sure I'm I'm sure that you'll be there to save me. Yeah. Super strong.
0: Very Anything good. else you want to say on We Never Learn?
1: Not as cute of a chapter, just kind of like the last one where these last two have been very drama heavy, but still extremely good to read.
0: Yeah. That brings us to Ayakashi Triangle, chapter fourteen, inside Matsuru. Which is a weird title for this yes. chapter. Sizu has a little brother who's never been mentioned before. Yep. He's got a crush on Matsuri. Yep, I love the and big her world. huge boobs. Yes, I love that it was like, oh man, she used to play with him all the time. She was a girl? I didn't know that. Well, she grew up
1: and has huge boobs.
0: <laughs> yes. Other than that, it's mostly just uh, Garaku, who is the painter from the last story arc, talking with Shirogane, and yep. the court of hint that Shirogane may not be as evil as has been depicted in the past. Yeah. Where Garaku's like, hey, if you tell them your goal, I bet they would actually sympathize with you and help you. And he's like, no, I am too stubborn, like a stubborn old man. Yes. And also, there's lots of sex times. And then Susie's brother comes in on it, and they're like, no, you
1: have the wrong idea. Yeah, well, because Matsuri is like, well, I can control Ken energy. Yeah. Which, it's like Yin and Yang. She's like, I can, like, humans, I can control spirit energy, basically. So if I can control spirit energy, maybe I can reverse the sex change jutsu. Or it's sex change curse that's been done on you. And so she knocks Matsuri... Or no. Yeah. Suzu knocks... Suzu... You yeah, Matsuri I said Matsuri. It, Suzu, Suzu knocks down Matsuri on the bed. And is like... She puts her hand on her chest. And tries to manipulate it. And Matsuri is like, Well, I felt your power going into me. But then nothing happened. Yep. It's...
0: And now we're in a compromising position for yes. the two old men outside to peep on us. <laughs> yes. And, and, and
1: the little in. brother to walk in and be like, sorry,
0: I didn't mean to barge in. And Garak is like, I'm going to draw that little kid's reaction because that was great. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Not as intense as the cliffhanger last week would have suggested, but still, I thought a very good chapter. Yeah. Anything else you want to say on it? No. Nah. Last but not least, we have hard-boiled cop and dolphin, depth 12, gangster mermaid. What did you think of this chapter, Kevin?
1: This is basically Dinema uh, yeah. for the arc, so it, like, it was fine. It wasn't. There was a couple of good, funny bits in it, but it wasn't. Like it, it ended up going down on the list because I was like, I like, I liked this chapter, but there wasn't anything like super great about it. Nothing made me like laugh out loud, like the I'm the fastest fish in the sea. Oh, really? Or Chaco lifting up the arm. Like nothing really funny in it, but. It was still good.
0: There were bits I definitely liked. I found the beginning very weird where the gangster Marlin character has this dream sequence, basically, where he is taken to jail. Like, And we find out his motivation, kind of, yeah. of like the mob boss's daughter like always wanted to come to the surface and live there because she read about it and thought it was romantic. Yep. And he clearly has a thing for her. Yeah. But then he has this fantasy where he's put in jail. And by the time he gets out, everybody has died down in the sea. But then he wakes up and they're like, technically, we can't charge you with a crime, even well, though our boss told us to go stop and fight
1: you. Well, it's not. He doesn't have a dream sequence. It's a flashback where because.
0: Oh, is, OK. I I read that as like a. I see. Because that's the first time Morpheus arrested
1: him. Yeah, it's the first time Morpheus arrested him. And it's not he came back and everybody was dead, but he came back and the boss was sick and the uh, the young miss was missing. And he was like, oh, no. And I guess so that
0: makes more sense because I read that as a dream sequence. It's, it's also drawn differently, which yeah. I guess a flashback would be,
1: too. Yeah. But. So, yeah, it was his flashback. It's like, this is how I met with the Hammerhead Shark guy. He was my cellmate. And I I love where they came up and they were like, you didn't actually do anything. You just, you know, had some fun wrestling with uh, an old man, uh, an old ex-pro wrestler. And uh, technically, Sawajima is the one who did all the damage to the cop car. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, I, well, I, I guess I am. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Ah, so you're free to go. And then we find out that the girl from the start of the arc is, of course, the mob boss's daughter.
1: Yeah. And he's like, what are you doing up here? Husband hunting. (laughs) Yeah. And
0: so there's kind of a love triangle where the guy from before is revealed to actually have a wife and kid already on the mainland. And so she starts being interested in Jima instead. Yep. So, yeah, it's interesting. It sets up some potential future stuff. But like you, I didn't think it was as great as past chapters have been. And with that, we will go into Jump Card. Jump Card is the segment where we rank everything we read this week. Read this week, yes. Mm -hmm. Not just the stuff we talk about. 19 this week. So what do
1: you have at number 19, Kevin? I mean Roboco down at 19. Same. It doesn't even have the characters in it. Like, it's got Roboco. Uh, Technically, they're at the very last panel.
0: Yeah. And it's just her delivering pizza to weird places. It's Like Like that game Ninja Burger.
1: Yeah, it's like a cold open. That then doesn't continue into an episode. It's like, what if this chapter was just a cold open? And it makes me think, so are all the chapters of me and Roboco just going to be cold opens all the time? Because that, like, that's not a good way to make an actual story.
0: Yeah, I didn't enjoy it either, obviously.
1: Yeah. What do you have at 18? I have Gravity Boys at 18. Okay, I have high school
0: family at 18. it's uh, fair. *A Gravity Boys had jokes. They weren't always great. There were some I liked. Like, I like the weird, like, super sinister reveal of the evil corporation at the end. And I get—I know this is a thing you don't like, but how they treat it almost like it's a thing that's been there the entire time. Yeah. That style of humor works for me. I have, like I said, high school family. eighteen yep. Because, I don't know. I don't even. At the end, I wasn't even sure what I was supposed to feel. Where, like, it's the drawing of the sister. And she's like, yeah, I was so good. And I got praised. And I'm like, am I supposed to think this is funny or sweet or mm-hmm. feel sorry for this guy? I do not
1: understand. Yeah, it was my number 17. And that's where I had a Gravity Boy. So what did you have at 16? I have Magu-chan at 16. It was okay, but like, so we're introduced to another god of chaos that's working with the Holy Knights because she got captured, I guess. Well,
0: she treats as like she just decided. It's almost the same thing as Magu-chan. It's just she's just like, yeah, I'm not trying to destroy them, though. I'm just trying to help them out.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, she's still technically imprisoned. Yeah. As opposed to Mago chan isn't. But, but she's got her power.
0: Yes. I don't know. I really like the Magu-chan this week, mostly for the giant explosion joke and the bit where she makes a anime magical girl rod for the dude to fight with. Yeah. And he's like, I can't use this. And the main character, whose name, I can't remember, which tells you how much I love Magu-chan. It's like, oh, I always wanted one of those. And she just points at him and there's a giant explosion. And she's like, oh, my God. Yep. I, that was okay. I, I thought the jokes landed pretty well. I have Our Blood Oath at 16. Okay. Boy, was it in the magazine. What do you got at 15? Our Blood Oath. <laughs> That's where I put Undead Unlock. Okay. Which is more exciting than Our Blood Oath, but continues to just kind of
1: be there rushing through. Yep. What do you have at 14? I I'm Mori King at 14. Same. It was okay. Yeah. It was like, oh no, who ate the pudding cup? And it, like, I was immediately like, the it mom. was the mom.
0: Yeah. And then Mori King's like, I did it. I'm like, oh, he's trying to fake it to save the family obviously
1: yep and that's what he does and then the mom comes in and was like i ate the pudding cup and like um as annoying as it is it's like i ate the pudding cup so i went out and bought some for everybody like that's not a dick move Uh you know like uh, that's actually pretty cool i mean it sucks that the dad wanted it before she got back but yeah whatever what do you have at 13 i haven't done luck at 13 okay that's where i put phantom seer okay
0: i do kind of like this mirror world arc but the art seemed kind of weird, and I'm not really super interested in where it's going. Yeah. I thought the setup was more interesting than this, but at least it's still going, even though the Mirror Demon seems to have lots of random powers that...
1: Well, because it was three separate Mirror Demons that were merged together into one giant mirror. Yeah, sure.
0: <laughs> I know. Yeah, I, You didn't write it. Yeah. What do you have at number 12? Phantom here. <laughs> That's where I put Chainsaw Man. Okay. Another super weird chapter it just didn't strike me nearly as well as the last one. Yeah. And I am very curious where this is going. The ending also very weird.
1: Yes, extremely weird. And I think that's what it's going for. But yeah, yeah, I had it. I had it a number 11 for a lot of the same reasons. I was like sometime like it goes with this kind of like almost surrealist storyline sometimes. And it really lands when it's like explaining cool devil powers. Mm -hmm. And when it's just chainsaw man being weird it doesn't yeah it's like okay he had a weird date with whatever her name was because he's like i wanted to date a girl yeah because he's like all base instinct right now
0: yeah and and specifically base instincts that we've seen him have before yeah very early on because he's kind of weirdly reverted it just it's so hard to tell like what's going on yeah which is like like you said chainsaw man is super inconsistent and sometimes it's great and sometimes I don't know. Yeah. Sure is the guy with chainsaws in this series.
1: Yeah. But even then, it like even though it's kind of weird, it's still middle of the road. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: I have Mogushan at 11, because like I thought, I thought it was actually pretty funny. What do you have at number 10?
1: I have Mission Yosekuri at 10. I feel like the Onsen shenanigans, or I guess the Hot Spring shenanigans, just took up too much time for whatever reason. There's still some cool stuff in here. I like... The cliffhanger ending of Mitsumi being like, hey, Tai, I want to take a bath with me. Yeah. Especially with her and her sisters talking about, like, oh, you're going to tell Tayo about that? We, we don't know what that is, but yeah, like it, I'm assuming it's going to be, you know, she's going to tell him in the bath.
0: Yeah. I have Hell's Paradise at 10. Okay. It seemed not overly dramatic. They're setting up not a time limit, but a dramatic stake here. Mm-hmm. And that's important, but I feel like they overplay it in this chapter. A little bit. I think it's good setup, but... What's in this
1: chapter is just... Eh. Yeah. I liked it a little bit more because I really like the... Basically, what's her, the little girl who's actually one of the tensons or yeah. s- sort of one of the tensons. It's very confusing. But basically sacrifices herself where she's like, um, you know, if you use your power, it will kill you. Well, if I don't use my power, none of us will live. So, Because I especially love the... I think it's the konoichi chick is like didn't you want to talk with these guys and she was like and as she's basically like eh, and uses her power to i will clear the way because they're like there's only one ship in the harbor but all of the rest of the ships got burned so they're clogging up the harbor
0: yeah i like it conceptually just turning into a giant moth doesn't scream heroic
1: sacrifice to me yeah it's the it's just the fact that she's like because i know her a bit more it's like yeah. she had this goal and she's given up on it yeah to help the others i think
0: it works Storytelling-wise, I just think the art and the story are at odds. Uh, That makes sense.
1: I mean, it's... Well, it's kind of like a Mothra thing, so... (laughs) That's true. What do you have at number nine? I had Jujutsu Kaisen at nine. So did I. It was good. I liked it. I liked the girl basically figuring out, you're not the real one, are you? You're a clone, because you're not using the powers that you're supposed to be able... Like, all of the powers that you're supposed to be able to have. And so... The kind of soul resonance thing was kind of neat, where she was like, I managed to attack you and it hurt the original, mm-hmm. which was cool.
0: Yeah, I liked all the stuff set up there a lot. Again, Jujutsu Kaisen is good at physical fights, and there's a lot of that in here. Mm-hmm. And I like the power explanation stuff way more than I usually do. Mm-hmm. What do you have at number eight?
1: I have Hardball Cobb and Dolphin at eight. Same again? Yeah, um, I think we pretty much said yeah, it was okay, but peace on that one. What do you have at seven? I have Hell's Paradise at seven. Like I said, I liked the. The sacrifice of, I can't remember her name because <laughs> I'm I'm bad with names, but I liked her sacrifice at the end.
0: I have Mission Yuzakura at 7, actually. Okay. I think I just liked the sort of tension built up a little bit more, because I agree with you, the Hot Springs shenanigans didn't do a ton for me.
1: Yeah, I like I said, I did like the cliffhanger. What do you have at number 6? I have Ayakashi Triangle at number 6. It, it was a bit of a letdown on the Ayakashi god thing. Like, it's still cool how she can, you know, it's like, oh, you can like, merge the two energies, and that's kind of neat, and the sexy shenanigans are sexy shenanigans, so.
0: I have Dr. Stone at six. Okay. I didn't dislike it, but I don't, just talking about it, you seem to enjoy it a lot more, so. Yeah.
1: I liked, I really liked the Zeno-Chrome speech, like, with Zeno giving a very impassioned speech on why Chrome should be on his side, and Chrome being like, nah. (laughs) What do you have at five? I have Mashal at five. Same. I really liked this chapter of Mashal. I think it had some really good action bits in it. Not as much comedy as normal.
0: I did really like, it's super generic in comedy, right? Where one yes. of the defeated characters shows up to just react. Yes. But I thought it worked super well. It
1: does. Like, Yeah. So I I did really like this. I think my favorite panel is when he summons the like big jester puppets. And then the panel after that where they're all just flying past him into the wall with him being like, uh, you're already at your limit. And Mastro's kind of just like, you don't know what my limits are. He doesn't say that, but just the fact that he just knocks all of the puppets out yeah. is just great.
0: I also love the bit where it's like, yeah. so what will you do to people without magic? He's like, obviously, they'll all have to be killed. was like, yeah, that's a problem for me. Well,
1: especially, and he's like, and all of the people who supported them as well. He was like, so you want to kill me and my grandfather? Screw you. You're going down. Yeah.
0: I just like how like casual he is.
1: About yes. It. He's um, like, no, I don't like your philosophy, so I'm going to beat you now. And I really love when he's like, he's like. So, what happens if I beat you, though? Like, you're you're saying that, you know, you're the ultimate magic user, but if I beat you with no magic, what does that make you?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I thought it all worked super well. Yeah, I think good. I have a guess, but what do you have at number four? I have Dr. Stone at four. And that's where I have the Triangle.
1: Yep. Yeah, like I said, I liked the, the Zenu Chrome, just that whole speech, the tunnel, like, rail car thing was neat. So, I like Dr. Stone.
0: And with Ayakashi Triangle, I like the setup of Shirogane at like pivoting as a character. Yeah, Because you can only do like the cartoon, like mischief stuff for him for so long. Yeah. And I felt like it was setting up another new thing to help Mm -hmm. not dull the blow of how this was like. This is because I also think Suzu having this power is very interesting for forward progression. Yeah. What do you have at number three?
1: I have One Piece at number three. Same. It's good One Piece, nothing super amazing for One Piece, but still just super solid One Piece.
0: All right, so now we have the coin flip. What do yes. you have at number two? I have We
1: Never Learn at number two.
0: Same, mostly because I think My Hero has a few more dramatic moments. Like yeah. My Hero is great throughout the entirety of it, right? It's yeah. got Bakugo's plan. It's got Deku sacrificing himself. What's we Never Learn has two super strong moments, and they yeah.
1: are very strong. Yeah, I, and that that really is kind of how it is. So that was definitely, like you said, it's the coin flip of, which one did you like more? Uh, Yes.
0: <laughs> All right. So that does it for Jump Card, but we need to pick two new series because they canceled Act Age and Time Paradox Ghost Rider on us. Yes. Because Jonah Jump wants to take everything good away from us.
1: Yeah. Well, not everything good, but everything that could be potentially good.
0: <laughs> so what are you going to pick for us to talk
1: about, Kevin? So I would actually, I'm going to vote for Mashal.
0: I thought you would. That was also my top vote. So I think we're in agreement there. Yep. Because we've never like talked about it regularly, I don't think. Other no, the first three chapters. The first
1: three chapters where we weren't huge fans of it, but it's really like one of the reasons I want to talk about it is I did not particularly like the first three chapters, and yeah. then really came around.
0: It's certainly grown both in its humor and its shown in storytelling. Yeah,
1: right? well, and also the I don't know how many more story
0: arcs Mashal can sustain like this, but certainly it's grown on me enough that I don't want to see it go away.
1: Yeah. And I think it's grown a lot from the first chapter, I thought it was a Black Clover ripoff, to this weird Harry Potter parody, which is much more interesting. Yeah, and it's still that. It's just such a weird thing to happen, right? Yeah, well, like I said, at first I thought it was literally just a Black Clover ripoff, but it actually had always been a Harry Potter parody, which is much more interesting, as opposed to a straight-up ripoff. Yeah. So I'm going to pick
0: Chainsaw Man for a second one. Because hopefully it's not just a whole bunch of weird. Hopefully we get some more of the cool stuff. Mm-hmm. But for a while there, it really was growing on me, and now it seems to be trying to lose me again.
1: Yeah, so we'll see. That's fair. I will say my second vote was Jujutsu Kaisen, especially I with the it would be. the anime starting up this month. So that's
0: that's a good call. That said, I I don't want to be like, oh, I don't care about Jujutsu Kaisen.
1: No, and that's totally fair. So, like I said, that was my second vote. I thought um, that might be your first vote, actually. It, it was kind of a toss-up between the two. That's fair. They're both pretty good. I yeah. mean, I,
0: like I said, Juj- I hope with the anime starting out, Jujutsu Kaisen is something I care about. Is that this week or next week? I think by Saturday it'll be this week.
1: Yes. I don't remember because I haven't, I haven't been paying attention too much to when everything is releasing. Because mm-hmm. it's still next week. Or actually, it might be. This, I don't. I don't know. I need to get on Crunchyroll and yeah. start adding these shows because they hadn't. They had like the post of like here's the lineup, but like none of the titles titles were clickable because they weren't in the library yet. Yeah. So,
0: and I just glanced at that, so I didn't even remember seeing the date on Jujutsu Kaisen. So
1: I think it was TBA, which I think a lot of stuff was last time I looked. Too, yeah, so. like half the page was mystery series. So there's like a couple of things that I'm interested in, but stuff from fall is already wrapping up. Yep.
0: Even though some of that might be Corona-related and the weird stuff that happened to schedules.
1: Yeah, there was a bit of that, like, uh, Sword Art wrapped up last week? Yeah. The week before something like... The week before.
0: Same with Fruits Basket, and then Food Wars just ended. Yep. Anyway, that's enough anime talk. We read Berserk Volume 2, and we will be talking about that after the break.
1: So we read Berserk Volume 2, which you've read before, right, Kevin? I think. Never as a. I don't think I've ever read it as a volume. I think I've read this part in the series. I don't know. My Berserk knowledge is weird because I started with the movie that's actually the prequel series. Like, the first movie I saw was basically shows like the chronological order of berserk like what happened to him at the beginning mm-hmm. so it's kind of a very weird way to get into berserk because technically that's not where the story starts that's actually like the third arc is uh-huh. when it finally reveals this is why he has that brand
0: yeah it's super weird to read a volume that's just two chapters
1: and those are super super long chapters yes
0: it's incredible to draw this in a month i don't even know if berserk was originally monthly i believe it was
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know much about the publication
0: of Berserk. And neither do I. It makes for a weird storytelling, though. Yeah. Because it feels like almost nothing happens this volume, even though it's, you know, about 200 pages. A lot of that is because it's fight scene, but there's a lot of story too. Yep. So it just feels like a weird thing. I think because when you're doing a chapter a month, even when they're super long, there's not a lot of pressure to have a lot of story in a Mm -hmm. single month. Yeah. Or to move on. This arc is actually very similar to a One Piece arc. We always talk about how One Piece is basically a Western or a samurai film. Yeah. And this has very much the same energy of this awful town with this awful person. And, you know, the law has gone wrong and Guts comes in to fix it, yep. even though he is much less heroic than a Luffy is. Yeah. And they're clearly setting stuff up with internal conflict for Guts here. Yeah. But it's only kind of played upon. And I think part of the problem is how much of uh, there is a puck kind of needling him. Yeah, And I think that's important because there's no moral center in this series without Puck. But to have Puck yelling at Guts for being a bad person and then have Guts go off and introspect Mm -hmm. is kind of doubling up on it. It does help to make Guts more of a character. But again, there are lots of horror elements to Berserk that I think are good and make it appropriate to read in October. And that certainly sets it apart from other things. But it's really hard to sympathize without any characters, which is, I think, why Puck needs to be there. Yep. But he himself is almost too much the other side. It's a comic that uses just a tremendous amount of ink and dark shadow yep. for it. And Puck is always the one bit of white on screen, Yeah, which I think is interesting and good comic telling. But he's almost too white for the rest of the story, although it certainly needs something like that. Because, again, comparing it to One Piece, most One Piece villains, and to be honest, most Shonen villains, real crime is they just, they just don't care about other people yeah the people they hurt in their ambitions whereas the person guts is fighting is a literal demon that eats people and he's kind of too evil to be upset about
1: yeah part of the problem i have reading especially these early chapters is like i said i started with essentially the third arc which explains guts's backstory which kind of you with you saying oh there's no character development and there's this introspection and all this stuff is like well but i know what it is and And since that's the first thing that i saw i can't unsee it for this part
0: yeah and i know kind of what it's leading up to very vaguely just for yeah. my berserk knowledge and i appreciate that it's here because yeah. i think it tells a story where guts is in denial about his own feelings and i think that's an interesting man versus self story yeah it's just there's nobody to sympathize with really other than puck into a small extent theresa who is the you know evil mayor's daughter who's introduced here no. he's a duke i don't think he's a mayor but I can't remember.
1: I can't remember exactly what his title is. And you get some backstory
0: on The Duke through her. Uh, but she doesn't really do anything in this volume. Because no. again, it's only two chapters. And it's super weird to criticize a unit that of story that's two chapters. Especially when neither chapter is a self contained story. Yep. We started last volume and we will be continuing into next volume with this story. Yep. Um It just stands out to me that this is an incredibly dark series on purpose, but I think the author realizes that, but Puck doesn't help fix it, even though that's what his job kind of is. Mm -hmm. I've been kind of dominating the conversation. So is there anything you want to talk about, Kevin?
1: The one thing I kind of want to talk about is I feel like even though his art is incredible in this, it still has an element of sloppiness to it compared to some of his later stuff. Like, since I've read some of his later things, I haven't read everything of Berserk. I kind of fell off, especially with the fact that he's like the guy who writes hunter hunter where he's taking long hiatuses in between chapters where it's basically like everyone's like we don't know if it'll ever be finished but i feel like the monsters and the scenery all look really crisp but there's a lot of times where like or guts himself doesn't look quite right like he it's almost like he struggles to draw people he has an extremely easy time drawing monsters Puck is weird and cartoony, but that's kind of what he's going for. So Mm -hmm. that's fine. But there are times where Guts himself looks odd, even though he's supposed to just be like never when he's fighting. It's like during some of those introspection moments, it's like, why is his face that way?
0: See, I actually kind of appreciate it because it helps tie in with the horror element I was talking about, Mm -hmm. where that's the sort of character he looks like. And it helps you key in on the fact that what he's saying and what he's feeling are not the same thing. I got you. It reminds me a lot of the first Spider-Man story, which if you haven't read, which you probably haven't, it basically reads like a horror story where the main character gets incredible powers, but then the only person he loves dies because of them. Yep. It just so happens that the next week that continues as a superhero adventure for the rest of time. Yep. It gets a very similar feeling to me as those horror stories. I think the fight scenes are for the most part incredible, but I agree with you of there being little bits of sloppiness in them. Like, there's just like storytelling problems in the fights at some points. Like, that first one with that knight is incredible, but with the big Duke demon, it's really hard to tell what's going on at points. Yeah. We brought up his crossbow last time, and that's a cool idea with the machine gun crossbow. But a lot of time, it feels like the bolts landing lack impact, especially compared to his big sword that he has. Yeah. So anytime he pulls that out, even though it's a cool weapon, it kind of lacks punch.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's like, I fired my crossbow. Well, it, it did less than your sword. The one thing I will say is, for a lot of the fight scenes, I feel like the sound effects, even though I can't understand the Japanese characters, I can hear those sound effects happening in those fights. I know a lot of people will probably be annoyed at me, but with the most recent Berserk anime where Guts' sword sounds like a frying pan hitting steel, that is just what I hear when a sword goes through it now. Which It's just stuck in my head, and sorry, that's what it is. But still, I can hear that sword cutting through people. I can hear the battle going on. Like I can't understand what the sound effects are, but I can at the same time.
0: Yeah, and I brought up the moments that I think the fights fail, because for the most part, they are so good. Yeah. That whenever he makes even a slight mistake, it really stands out, just because of the quality of everything else. He's on another level on fight scenes in on most pages. Yep. Uh, so when he does make a mistake, it just is really glaring.
1: Yeah. And like I said, compared to some of his later work, like most people, he gets better at drawing what he's been drawing forever. So, mm-hmm. it, like I said, it, I feel like there's some elements of sloppiness to little bits of his work compared to his later work where it's like, I've been drawing Berserk for 20 years. I've gotten a bit better at drawing everybody. like, that makes sense that like, it would be weird if you didn't.
0: And like I said, the man versus self elements, even though they're very light in here and very just hinted at, I think are very strong. Yeah. But then the other conflict is basically man versus God with his brand and this weird, all powerful demon. And like I said, the demon is just, even when you find out his backstory, So cartoonishly evil that it's very difficult to sympathize with. Yeah. And I also don't, in part because we don't know anything about the brand, I don't really care about Guts fighting these giant demons.
1: Yeah. And again, that's what knowing the backstory of the brand and why he's so pissed kind of actually like it doesn't bother me as much because I'm like, oh, yeah, like he's being an asshole because the brand attracts demons every night. Like, we saw that in the first story with the the coachman and his daughter, where he was basically like, no, I don't want to ride with you because anyone I ever get close to dies because I'm constantly hounded by demons and ghouls and skeletons and what have you. So there's no way for, like, because I'm basically hunted all the time, there's no way for me to form attachments.
0: And like I said, the internal struggle that uh, with that is super strong. Yeah. And it's what I like about this story. It's just, there's no good point of view character, I don't think. There's no one for me to sympathize with. And even the evil is so, like I said, over-the-top horror evil. Yep. That it doesn't feel like something I have any personal stake or struggle with.
1: Yep. Yeah, because we haven't really met the main villain of the series yet.
0: Anything else you want to say on Berserk? I feel like I've been a bit down on it, more so than I mean to. It's just when I look at things, I'm often in a critical mode. Mm Mm-hmm. And like I said, I feel super odd critiquing this because it's just two chapters. Um, yeah. It, but at the same time, it's two chapters that are, you know, over. it's 200 pages at the same time. Yeah. And th- this is all the story you can tell is, you know, a little weak. On the other hand, you are spending a ton of time with your fights, which are the draw and they do look good.
1: Yeah. So that's, that's why that's one of the things I like about Berserk is the fight scenes are amazing and the story does progress faster not immediately after this, but it does start like we finally get characters besides Puck that stick around and remain characters, you know, not too many, but it's not just guts and Puck wandering around for 30 years. And to be fair, I I, talking about how we need a point of view character yeah, and we
0: don't have one. I actually think having two characters that we focus on is kind of a strength of the series. Yeah. That if there was another person here, the story would be even slower.
1: Yeah. Well, and it, There isn't usually, from what I can remember, there isn't usually another person immediately with him all the time. It's just there are other characters that he'll, like, run into again and be like, oh, yeah, it's you from that one time.
0: Very One Piece-like, actually. Sort of. Yeah, there are things I like about it, for sure. Um, But the fights don't do a lot for me. And like I said, the struggle is just so difficult to uh, sympathize with. Mm -hmm. And even kind of knowing what his deal is, the author has made the choice not to tell us yet. And that is somewhat intriguing. I mean, he clearly is bringing it up enough to let you know, hey, this is something you're supposed to be wondering.
1: Yeah, especially with the brand talk in this chapter where the demon is like, you've been branded, you know, and you as the reader don't know what it means when he's like, well, I can't believe, you know, you've been branded. Let me end your suffering for you. Kind of hinting like he even hints at the fact that Guts is constantly hounded by demons because of the brand. We don't know exactly why, but.
0: And we also don't know how human this character is, because we have motivation from him for his daughter. Yep. But gut certainly just sees him as a demonic being. But he's not a very reliable narrator. So. No,
1: but he basically is a demonic being, like, because it's... Yeah, he found that bailet and sold his soul Yeah, to a demon, basically, is what happened. But he still
0: wants his daughter's affection, so... Yeah. Like I said, it's just a weird story to get a hang on. I certainly get who this appeals to, but it's kind of not me. Mm-hmm. Again, it, it reeks of that, oh, this is mature, but really, we just mean violent. It's better done than a lot of those things.
1: Yeah. And there is still some mature themes that aren't just violence and gore, which this has a lot of. But
0: well, There's guts dealing with his
1: trauma, right? Yep.
0: But again, that's only hinted at here.
1: Yeah. And, and that's, like, I think it. You you stay for the fight scenes, or you come for the fight scenes. Yeah. And that's why you keep reading this, you know, chapter after chapter. And eventually he starts leaking into this Guts having like the weird baby creature is an important character in this and Guts' whole deal with that is also very important. There's a lot of symbolism between Guts having just being the normal dude who's fighting against the forces of hell by himself because no one else can stand with him. And he gets keep, like, I like the... He keeps getting told every time, well, you're just mortal. You can't beat a being like me. And he does over and over again.
0: Yeah. And to me, that seems sort of not cliche, because certainly that happens in every story. Yeah. But it robs tension of the story. Like, as soon as a demon says that, I know Guts is going to beat it, you know?
1: Yeah. Especially in an
0: early story like this. Yeah. There's, you know, not been enough time to establish a formula to twist.
1: Yeah. But I still like that. He still gets hurt and injured, but he's, still, he's that, that guy that always stands back up, and I still <laughs> like that, even though, I mean, for the most part, it's like you can say, well, yeah, it's a cliche, of course the hero's going to win. Well, yeah, it's a continuous story about Guts, the Black Swordsman. It would be kind of weird for him to die in Chapter 4.
0: Yeah. I, that's not like a critique. That's just uh, this doesn't create any drama for me. Yeah. Yeah, I think I've said my piece on it. I, yeah. I enjoyed it, so don't think that I didn't with me being critical of it. I just wish we got, like I said, a better point of view character or a more reasonable villain or really maybe both.
1: We do eventually get a more reasonable villain. Like he's not just cartoonish. I mean, he's a colossal douche nozzle, but he's not cartoonishly evil. It's like
0: that's the thing is you need to take real world petty evils and exaggerate them. That's how you create a great villain. And like I said, this villain has just gone way too far off the other end to evoke the horror elements. And I think in part because Guts himself is not a good guy. And so they have to make the villain even worse. Yeah. And they've overshot the mark. Yeah. And you final word you want on, it, Kevin? No. Nah. All right. That will bring us to personality power level. Vegeta,
1: what does the scouter say about his power level?
0: Personality power level is a segment where we rank manga characters from best to worst. At the very top, we have Uzumaki Naruto. That good boy. At the very bottom, we have that guy who's not Yamcha from that time who got reincarnated as Yamcha. In the middle, we have Tomura Shigaraki, whose name I could not remember earlier from My Hero Academia. Guts is sitting
1: at, let's see. He's got to be kind of high up there, if I remember right. He's
0: fallen further than I thought. He is at number 18, low Koro Sensei and above Bulma. I don't think, I don't want to put him any lower, and I don't think you want to put him any higher. So.
1: No, that's totally fine.
0: He's going to stay there. I feel like Puck is the only other character to rank, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, like I said, I think Puck is an important and essential character for this story, but I also think he's not well used, or that's not even the right way to put it. I'm trying to think of, like, he's the correct idea for a character, but he doesn't quite fill the role right, I suppose. Yeah. He's a little too small for his shoes, I suppose. Is yeah, what that I makes would sense. Do so we have other moral compass type characters or other sidekick type characters? Because I feel like I can think of a lot of characters like Puck, but I don't know that we've actually ranked any of them. Mm hmm all right here's a somewhat similar character how do we think he compares to yunagi from flame of recca who is also sort of a moral center type character i guess she's along there she doesn't she's not really involved with the conflict mm-hmm. but she is
1: around it i like puck a bit more because even though he is that moral compass character it's like he sticks around even though guts is like an immense dick to puck all the time And so it kind of speaks to him where he sees that he sees that Guts is hurting. And like one of the main reasons that Guts is a dick to everybody he meets is because he doesn't want to form those connections. So he's like, if I'm an asshole, nobody will want to be around me. And I won't have to deal with them dying around me ever again. Like that happens anytime anybody gets near me. So that's why he's always mean to Puck. But at the same time, he like generally, like deep down, likes listening to him because Puck has hung around him and not died, which is unusual for him. It's a weird character to compare him to, but we've
0: got so many main characters on here and this
1: one isn't. How do you think it compares to Ida from My Hero Academia? I still think I like Ida more. I mean, obviously he hasn't been doing much very recently in My Hero, but especially with his Stain arc, I think he really got a lot to shine and I really like that he is, because he's not the heart of Class 1A, but he's like, He's the, I want to call him the rules guy, but he's like their, he's the part of their conscience that tells them to follow the rules, which I like. Like, I like that he is the dude that this is what heroes should be, and especially the part where he does not meet his own expectations and then comes to term with that is really great for him. How do we think Puck compares to Rekka's mom? Yeah, we're at these characters where I'm like, uh, uh. I think I'll give it to Puck, because especially now, Rekka's mom just seems to be an exposition machine, mm-hmm. and, like, there's a little bit of, like, Rekka wanting to free her from her eternal torment, but that almost seems, like, tacked on to, well, I have this exposition machine, and I need some reason for it to stick around.
0: hmm. Not as good as Buggy the Clown, right? No. Are we in agreement there? Yes, totally fair. This is a pretty weird comparison, but it, I it's the one that makes sense of these ones I see. How do you think she compares or? Er, Puck compares to Chisei Hattori from Ancient Mage's Bride.
1: I think I like Chise more. Her whole like especially because I've seen more of her character arc, but her whole kind of pained experience just resonates better with me from a drama perspective, as opposed to Puck does not really quite do his role, like you said, in Berserk. Like he he's still the moral compass, but sometimes it just he's either too much Brightness or not enough at other times.
0: All right. What do you think he compare? How do you think he compares to Kairi okanagi the villain of Flame of Recca? He's not a great villain, but he fills the role.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I think that's a a good assessment of him. So lower. So
0: Puck goes lower. Yeah. What about Maka from Soul Eater?
1: I think I'd put him below Maka as well. I do generally like Maka.
0: All right. So Puck goes at number fifty-two. Above. Recca's mom, but below Maka from Soul Eater. And that will do it for this week. Next week, we will be reading Flame of Reka, volume... What month is Ten. it? Ten. I thought it was. I just had to check. Yep. To start October off, or to continue October. What yes. am I talking about? It's not October yet when we're recording it. Yeah. Uh, that's why. Tomorrow is October. Until then, our opening theme is Fighting Against One's Will by Midair Machine. Our closing theme is A Psychic Fistfight by Tom W. Emerit. Other music on the show is by Spectacular Sound Productions, and our album art is by Kate Wynn on DeviantArt. www.lastpodcast.com is our website, where you can join our Discord if you want to request something of your own. Thank you again to Grim Joker, because Berserk wasn't really on my radar to go back to, but it is probably something we should be checking in on fairly frequently.
1: Yeah, it's kind of a shame we didn't have Zach on this, but... I thought about inviting him, but my life has been a bit hectic, and I didn't want to juggle schedules. Yep. Anything you want to plug, Kevin? Just that the, well, we mentioned it earlier, but the new season of anime is coming out, so there's looking to be a couple of good shows on there, and there'll probably be some ones that I had no idea I would like. Just like it with most seasons of anime, there's a couple where I'm like, I should check this one out, and end ended up really liking it.
0: Yeah, I knew there were a couple I wanted to watch, but Jujutsu Kaisen's the only one that I remember.
1: There's that, there's some, I think, is it Fire Force is continuing? Something.
0: Uh, Don Machi's continuing.
1: That's right. I'm super excited for more Don Machi. I mean, I've read all the light novels, so I kind of know what the story is going on, but I'm still super excited for more anime.
0: All right, we will catch you all next week. Have a good one, guys. Happy Halloween!